welcome back to the Hoops Temple Pod, and welcome to our new guest. Uh, we're going to go around the circle here since we now have a video. To my left, now my right, looking at it, we're going Aaron Schroeder in Sacramento. Good to see you guys. Beneath him, we have Dylan Williamson in New Zealand. Hello, Aaron, I now get exactly what you mean. Like he pointed in a total opposite direction to where you are. <laughs> it's, I'm looking Thank at the you. screen, it's weird. It. It's, you know, uh, and then to his, I don't know, his left, my right, uh, we've got Jack, a.k.a. Jokic Yostar on X, Jokic Yostar on Twitter, Jokic Yostar on Snapchat? All social no. media platforms. <laughs> Except Snapchat. Oh Snapchat. Don't follow that awesome. guy. He's a fraud, okay? <laughs> is it a double Y sound or is it? It's Jokic, Jokic Joe Star. But uh, I mean, I don't, as long as I can figure out how to spell it, I don't really care. Yeah. It's that's the Hispanic version of, of your of your <laughs> platform is Yokishio Star. Yokishio Star. Oh my god. It's just, yeah. it's like flow together better. I I did I try to do so. some work of like watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and I, I like asked a friend for like the breakdown and she's like, Do you want the like short breakdown or the like long breakdown? Hell there's hella lore here, so yeah. That's yeah. all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Season one of JoJo's is all right, but once you once you really get down into like season two or three, it starts. It's pretty fun. I'd say stick with it if you can f- a little bit. All right. Well, right now he's fighting some knight from like three hundred years ago that died during yeah. the Elizabethan period underwater. Yeah, that'll happen. Damn it. Yeah. But hey, one of the most popular TikTok like NBA creators. And your team just won a championship, so we wanted to ask. Start off by asking you, what's it like being a Nuggets fan? How long have you been a Nuggets fan? What what's what's life like over there? Um, I, being a Nuggets fan rocks. It's pretty much the best thing in the world right now, uh, and that's been a thing for maybe a month and a half. Um, I don't know. Like I've been a Nuggets fan since prop for a while, like a long time. There was a moment in time where I was on Twitter as a Tim Duncan stan account. And I couldn't really get into like modern arguments with people about stuff that was happening in like the regular NBA. I was just in all these like all time arguments. And so I was like, who's like a niche player that -hmm. I could just like rebrand to that's kind of like, I don't know, just like silly and doesn't get a lot of love online. And at that point, like, I don't know, it was like Jokic versus like Jaleel Okafor talks. And so I was like, okay. I'm on the Jokic side of this, and I've just kind of ridden it all the way to the top. But I don't know. It fucking rocks right now. I mean, yeah, winning the championship rocks. Losing Bruce Brown stings a little bit, but I don't know. I'm still riding the high of the title, no doubt. What was the darkest moment of Nuggets fandom? Oh, I was. I went through this today because uh, I saw it on Twitter. It's the fakest thing in the world. Is Anthony Davis's game-winning three uh, in the bubble? Because I was like, I, I went through all of his numbers before and after that point. He's a career 29% on every other three-pointer he's taken outside of the bubble playoffs. And then he's like 38.5% in that postseason. So I'm like, cool, perfect. That's pretty much like swinging every series the Lakers are in that point or in that postseason. So, yeah, that sucked. But I don't know. We moved past it. Hey, having Aaron on the pod, like, I guess having Aaron on the pod, there, this way. Um, Stop with the fucking directions, <laughs> Nate. I can't do this. <laughs> having Aaron on the pod, we've got to hear a lot of dark moments about Kings fandom. <laughs> also, Dylan with Clippers fandom. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sitting pretty rosy up here with Lakers fandom. That's, that, that, that's been treating me nice. Yeah. Every time I tell a story about 
the Kings losing, Nate's like, yeah, I think I saw them lose one time. Like that's when the other team scores more points. Like I remember that. Yeah. I wanted to mention buying in Yoke, buying into Jokic stock when it was like Jokic Okafor is like buying Apple in 2000. That's that's the greatest play you could have made because that was a real discussion. Like they were, I remember the Reddit posts on like which one would you rather have, and they're like Okafor is better. He's just better. Like I don't know what you're saying. And, and yeah, I've I've been. It's weird. Like it's obviously it's essentially I don't know like Jokic Giannis at this point. But I've been here through. It was like Okafor. Then it was Carl Anthony Towns. Then it was like it kind of Embiid and him exploded into like the best ish player on the planet into like top five conversations in pretty much the same year. And obviously that for like the last two and a half years has been insane. I try to avoid that discourse online just because I don't know. I like Embiid. I don't want to like beef with the entire city of Philadelphia just because I like this random basketball player. But yeah, him versus Okafor. That's a uh, that's definitely a pretty deep cut. I was in on the Embiid MVP step in the season I fell for it like I jumped ship at the wrong time like I jumped right onto the Titanic I'm like this ship is going down like what's happening here like is this water at my feet like I don't know what's going on here yeah I don't know I think Embiid deserved the MVP this year I wouldn't like the Nuggets were so bad for like the last third ish of the season they had like seven game skid where I remember it started they uh some like notoriously bad ref uh tossed Scotty Barnes for like talking in the wrong direction and it swung a Nuggets victory and I was like yeah I'll it and then we lost seven straight games and like it pretty much cost Jokic the MVP or at least let Embiid run away with it I was like Cool. Yeah. He also sat down the stretch and like he tried. It almost seemed like he wanted to give it away. He's like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this three straight. Like we'll we'll let him beat half the pity MVP. (laughs) If he had won three straight and then the championship, I I don't even know what he would do with our hands. That'd be the the greatest basketball stretch in history. (laughs) No, just just modern history. We still in in history that we would talk about with like, hey, I remember seeing that. Yeah, fair, fair. At least of our lives but that Shaq stretch I will take three championships and one MVP over three MVPs and one championship sure how old are you Jack I am 24 I'm gonna be 25 in like mid-fall so it's coming gotcha. up here around the corner all right all right so you didn't have to go through the really dark days of of, of Nuggets fandom the pre-Carmelo oh, no. Anthony time period yeah that's, no, the, is it 98 so- the 12-1 season <laughs> something like that i've gone back through basketball reference in like the annals of history and i'm just like yeah I'm, this would suck i'm glad i wasn't around for this i remember my parents went on a ski trip in in denver in like 2003 and they're like oh we're gonna get nate like a, a nuggets pennant they they have a team and they go into a sports store and they're like, hey, can we get uh, like a pennant for your your team? And he like gives, he, like takes them over to the Avalanche. They're like, oh no no, sorry, we mean basketball. And he's like, I don't I don't think we have a basketball team. Do do we have a basketball team? And yeah. Uh, Twenty years later, you guys are, are riding high. I don't know. It rocks. And we want to talk about what's who's going to knock you off that pedestal now. All right. Now that we've given you enough praise, now we're going to talk about your eventual demise. It's all right. It's cyclical. Rise and fall. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start off with the the first question. Are the Nuggets the favorite? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I think so. I think uh, everybody like when I think about who really would have pushed them last season, uh, the Suns. If the Suns like works out, then it'll work out a hundred and ten percent, and it'll just be like overwhelming. I figure they'll like cook everybody in six, and everyone who's like doubting it now will just look really stupid. But 
I mean, conversely, like, no depth, no defense, hoping on a pretty old Kevin Durant to, like, be your West, your, your best wing defender, all that. I don't really see that as, like, overwhelmingly terrifying. Same with the Lakers. Austin Reeves' contract this uh, offseason, probably, like, best value in the NBA, but it's still, uh, I don't know, like, they didn't get overwhelmingly good this offseason. And so I guess it'd be between the Nuggets and the Bucks for me. If Giannis's back doesn't get like Bane Batmaned in that Miami Heat series, I think they probably take the Heat. And that my or that finals matchup would be a lot more intimidating for me. I like Jokic's defense. I didn't get cooked on it online this postseason because the point of attack defenders are a lot better than they have been. But going up against Giannis, I think that rim protection issue would probably be a bit more glaring. That's why they signed DeAndre Jordan. That was the, the big free Asian move. They needed him. The Giannis stopper. I'm glad I, I'm down to look really stupid if the Suns are good because I've been all over that offseason not being as great just in terms of when I think about contenders, I think about can you beat the team that just won the title? With the Suns, they added someone that I just don't feel like really changes that. And, and health is a big part of that. But they have to get through the entire season, not combust, not break anything, not tear anything, and then play long playoff series in no depth. And I don't think they really improved their three-point attack in the way they needed to i think their lack of depth to a degree is like sort of overstated like they didn't have a lot of, lot of assets to work with you know they didn't have you know exceptions to sign players and i think they did like extremely well with what they did um have and like i don't think that this is like a you know like a four-man roster i think this can actually be like an eight-man you know playoff rotation i can't fall for that again because i did that <laughs> i did that last year with the lakers I said, like, quote, they replaced, like, the worst players in the league with players that are a bit better, and then those guys are just terrible again. I'm not doing it. I I refuse to think that, like, the 11th guy on some other team is magically going to be better. Because when Eric Gordon's a nice pickup, that's, like, the fourth best player that you're, like, looking at in the face. Or I don't know what the Aiden situation is, but it's awesome when those guys are the 10th guy, and then you ask them for more, and it's like, holy shit. Like, this guy's playing 35 minutes a game. Like, made a huge mistake. Like, Bull Bull is out here. Like, what have we done? I, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm actually more on board with them now that they have Bull Bull. Like, Get out of here. No, no, no. <laughs> Get out of here. That's ridiculous. Hear me out. Like, the thing that I thought that they didn't have was any depth up front. It's like, if Aiton sucks, like, you replace him with Drew Eubanks. But you basically, they were basically locked into having to play Durant at the four all season long. And now with with Bull Bull, you can get 20 minutes a game out of Bull and not have to play Durant at the four. You could slide him back down to the three. And I think if you've got Booker, uh, Beal, and Durant as your one through three, like now you have enough ball handling in there that I, I trusted a bit more. And you've got some more size up front where they're like their lack of good defense, having a secondary rim protection. I think it actually works better. I'm still with you. I don't think they will win. I don't think they can beat the Nuggets. Uh, but the Bull Bull move, actually, I, I kind of like it. I'm, you can't play Bull Bull 20 minutes a game. You started that 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 whole thing with that. That is just, that's a horrible <laughs> foundation. You cannot play him that. Like much. the Orlando Magic weren't able to get away with that. And I mean. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and shit all over Bull Bull. My take on Bull Bull is always that I hope he figures it out. But if the Orlando Magic, again, what, like a 37-win team, if that, I mean, couldn't uh, carve out like a routine spot for him, like a nice 16 minutes a game. I don't think the Phoenix Suns in like round two of the playoffs are going to be like, okay, it's bench time, our bench unit's in, Bull 
people can carry us through this stretch a little bit here. Like, I don't know. He's just, it's, it's such a, uh, like very in between, like, I don't know, from a physicality standpoint, he's so tall, but he's so skinny. Mm -hmm. He can't, he's not quick enough to like stay with anybody who's particularly fast. He's not big enough. Aaron Gordon, I would love that matchup all day. I don't know. You know, in a matchup in the playoffs, in a, in a playoffs matchup, like I think, Every minute Bull Bull is on the floor, I would feel more and more comfortable with the Nuggets winning that series. Yeah. Who else? He at least adds some versatility because basically everyone else they've gotten is like a small guard. I mean, Eric Gordon's great. He's like 35. But small guard can can shoot some yeah. threes. Like, at least he's got some size. I don't understand why they gave up campaign for nothing. I thought that was going to be, like, the same in and out. You send campaign for Bull, but it wasn't. It just happened at the same time. It feels like you could have just kept him and had some depth. But, so, thought of this a little bit late, slash introduced this a little bit late. Championships. We got, we got the odds. We got, like, 100% there will be a champion next year. If we're saying Denver is the favorite, how much... How much are we giving them of that odd? And we can't go over 100% for everyone we discuss. So you hit your full 100 bar, you got to, it's, it's zeros from there on out. So we got like 30% for Denver, 20 for Phoenix, yeah. whatever. Okay. Got it. All right. What are we, what are we, what are we putting Denver with? I feel comfortable putting Denver at like probably 25%. Um, I think people act like losing Bruce Brown is just like decimating the entire roster. Bruce Brown's like the kind of guy who pushes you over into winning a championship and it rocked having him on such a great Mm -hmm. deal last season. But at the same time, like people who are like, oh, dude, that's a move that swings the Lakers series or something like that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's a little bit much. Uh, But at the same time, I think uh, they also did get very lucky with health last season, which is a really big part of repeating. And they have, I mean, if Michael Porter Jr. just has like a normal health career for the rest of his season, that would rock. I don't know how realistic of an expectation that is. And that's something that definitely worries me. Pretty much every season, nothing happens with it. It's just like, okay, when is the other shoe going to drop? Is his back like just completely good, miraculously out of nowhere? Or, I mean, are we paying the price for like three straight deep postseason runs with him just being completely incapacitated for the remainder of this contract? So I'm cool with giving them like 25, 27-ish percent in there, but I wouldn't say like they're overwhelming favorites. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty 25. good number. Don't go. Don't go with these twenty-seven percent. I'm not that good at that. There's no. <laughs> no okay. That. Let's let's give it an even twenty-five. One quarter. There we go. It's a good point about about the that team's health with Porter Jr. and Murray because historically those guys have dealt with injuries, which kept them from winning championships in the past. Is this last season the final when they break through and they're just going to be healthy forever? And that hey, that sucked when they were hurt. Or is this like we're going to look back on this in five years? Like hey, remember Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray were healthy? Uh, we're out to see. All right, so we feel comfortable with twenty-five. Aaron, Dylan, you guys want to venture a uh, percentage for Phoenix? Like ten. I just am not that into it. Yeah. I like them a little bit more, so I'll go. I'll go fifteen. I feel like they, they've got they've got enough guys that can just do stuff. They can just play. You, you know, like that classic. Don't play guys that that can't do anything. You know, don't play guys that suck. I feel like they've got enough guys that just don't suck. 
That's why you come to the Hoops Temple podcast. This kind of fuck. This kind of fucking analysis. Don't play players that suck. You know your bad players. Don't play them. You know you got don't three good them. ones. Run a cool three on five offense. Yeah, that's that what rocks. the Suns are going to be doing. Just reverse Vivek this, and you know, all right, yeah. Aiden, you don't cross half court. We're not going to have you post up. You just don't cross half court. Kind of on the rim. there. Don't don't you just feel like the the Nuggets though are kind of like a five man team as well at this point? Like looking down that bench, overpaying Reggie Jackson, who was unplayable, you know, then relying on, I guess, like Christian Brown, who actually was pretty good. Like, is Vladko Chanchar going to be a, a big minutes rotation dude, player? I'm a, the dude that's I'm on a, the team because he's Jokic's friend. <laughs> like, I'm he's going to be your man. Truther. I'm not even joking. 100%. Dude, he has a dunk from a free throw line mid game, I think, like a season and a half ago. He's a ridiculous athlete. He's a smart basketball player. I don't know. The Nuggets bench, uh, it's not going to be as good, obviously. But Christian Brown can play a little bit, and I think it will just be kind of a combination of like minutes rotation. I think part of Reggie Jackson's problem uh, was that Bruce Brown was in front of him. It's hard to crack the rotation when there are guys in front of you who you are just straight up worse than. But I don't think him like uh, taking that place is just like going to spell disaster every time he's on the court. I mean, cut to 30 games into the season where I'm like, okay, the Nuggets big move at the deadline needs to be getting like a backup point guard or something like that. But I have faith that the bench will work itself out. And I don't feel like I feel like it's probably closer to a seven man team than a five man team. And I feel like Phoenix is like a four and a half man team. It's like the Warriors move to get Gary Payton back. They're like, oh shit. Like, Gotta bring back Jeff Green. Yeah, bring back Jeff Green. The, the, the Nuggets did trade some future first for some thunder first this year so they did pick up some late round rookies over correctly is that yeah. true that's true that happened right and so they're they're trying to bring in some some yeah depth in that i think they got one guy from uh his name's julian strother i don't i don't really pay attention to college ball that much but uh i think he was from like gonzaga or yukon and i don't know kind of in the same vein as christian brown just in terms of like draft guys who are immediately ready to contribute he can really shoot the basketball and he's supposed to be like a fairly good defender he's got like good physical tools and everything also Peyton Watson is a name to look out for in the rotation I think they're probably going to count on him to be able to play like rotation minutes this season he's got crazy physical tools he just can't really play on offense but he should be a good defender and if you play with Jokic you should be able to cut and get a layup twice a game I watched him play in summer league and it was him versus Marjan Bochamp of the Bucks. And it just felt like when two guys from the varsity like play with the freshman team and it's like, all right, we're going to go one on each side and we're going to be good. And I'm like, I can't tell if you guys are actually good or if like you're just better than everyone else here. But either either Denver is going to have like a nice guy with Watson and Milwaukee's going to have a nice guy with Bochamp or neither of them are going to be good. And that's that's just where I'm at with those two. Did you guys see Bochamp score 83 points in the crossover league earlier? <laughs> I, I don't know if the that. Nuggets guy's done that, so the, the Bucks have the leg up. Uh, who else is in the crossover league? That's probably, not what I was Probably Jamal about. Crawford. I think Jamal, it's his league. He probably plays <laughs> he every once playing? in a while. Uh, yeah. It's actually Scotty Pippen and Gary Payton and Bill Russell's back there. It was it was a tough, it was a, it was a good team to go up against. Uh, oh, should we man. transition into the Bucks given a... Yeah, the, the next MVPs yeah. on that team and Marjan Bochamp. I'm dead. All right, another team team without yeah, like a wants? lot of depth. And I, I'm I'm kind of the Bucks stand here. My cat's name is Giannis. Really, the same <laughs> way that you decided like you're gonna go all in on Jokic. 
I've like, uh, I grew up a diehard Lakers fan and then Kobe tore his Achilles and I was like, fuck this season, I'm done. Uh, who's coming up in the draft? And I was like, ah, grainy Giannis videos? Like, this guy's going to be a star. And I jumped on that train, also jumped on the Dragon Bender and the Thon McCurr train and like, oh, a lot of trains that didn't hit. So like, you know, but I was there at the beginning with Giannis. Um, I don't know. I'm, it, it's the same squad they've had last year. I'm hoping Middleton is healthier and just overall better health but that usually doesn't happen when teams get older they were trying to figure out a way to swing a colin sexton deal and i i think they desperately just need some sort of scoring punch off the bench like if they could find or create their own austin reeves or their christian braun or someone that can get them 15 points off the bench like that would be huge but um i, I think we set the bar too high for for phoenix now because i i like milwaukee more but maybe only like a hair bit more like, I, I like Milwaukee significantly more, closer to like the 20% mark. It's closer really? to Denver than they are to Phoenix. I just feel like... Guys, we only have so many percentage how, points here. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we might be under, we might be under um, giving these out, given that by the time we get to like Sacramento, it's like 0.01%. I wasn't um, going to talk about Sacramento. We're, t- well, Aaron, we're here to discuss <laughs> contenders. Yeah, I was talking about contenders. That's in my background. Um, Giannis is insanely good. Let's not forget that. And he did, he had the back injury in the heat got the best of them and the heat always sneak into into these playoff series especially against milwaukee and give them trouble um i think that team understands that they are getting cold i think drew holiday came out and was like i'm retiring after this contract and with the aging core like you're looking at one of the last times they're going to take a crack at this with this group probably um and i still think they're just as good i, I think the end of that last playoff series against miami and like race and allen ends up with the ball at the end if Giannis is healthy it never touches his hands like yeah, oh, yeah. if it does like Giannis comes over and kills him in midcourt and he's <laughs> like i'll take that sorry about that and then goes in and drives into the paint um I- i'm still as just as scared as Giannis as i ever had yeah i think that's a fair take uh it does kind of remind me of 2019 or i guess it was 2020 in the bubble a little bit where Giannis had that fall off and everyone's like oh run and dunk man this guy stinks and then the next season he comes back and it's like he is just overwhelmingly ubiquitously good like it's just on both ends of the floor all the time it seems like he does something good every single play and I feel like it's a very stark difference you saw Devin Booker kind of tap into that a little bit in the first couple games of the Nuggets series this season where he was just like if you miss four shots over three games where you score like a hundred points then yeah you're going to be about as good as Giannis is but for him to like Giannis sustains that level of play the entire time he's healthy and does it on both ends of the floor I think think as long as like everyone around him can stay healthy they they intimidate yeah chris middleton's a really big shot maker drew holiday i love what he does in terms of just like you look at the box score and you're like oh shit drew holiday had 24 points and hit like five threes out of nowhere same with brooke lopez it's just really gnarly team yeah and i feel like the the way that they win out against miami is gonna cause a lot of people to be way too low on them considering the injuries and also just like the weird like i don't want to say fluke because it sounds disrespectful but like it was a kind of like a fluky run from miami and like i feel like people are going to from three absolutely like you can't count on that to just be like you know this is some some you know sign against the bucks that they just let opponents get really hot from three. Like, that's not how basketball works. Because so I feel like if you're saying, you know, oh, this Bucks team lost in the, you know, they, they couldn't even get a deep playoff run and, and come to expect that again, I feel like you're really um, 
you know, really going way too low on the bucks. And I think that they are probably, you know, right there above that Phoenix sort of range. I agree with you all on the top end talent. I'm just, we're like two seasons removed from a major Brooke Lopez injury. We're one season removed from a Middleton injury. We are coming off of a, a decent sized Giannis injury with that back and backs do not I, they, you hurt them and they still hurt. I hurt my back on a trampoline when I was 13. I still feel it. I just made a video on Dwight Howard. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And he was like the the third best player in the league in 2012. And then he's got back surgery. That was it. He was over. He never even touched the same. And, and yeah, Giannis is more skilled and affects the game in different ways. But you're right in terms of, of dudes that are really tall in their backs. All right. Will you guys settle for a 17.5%? of winning the championship dude if you're adding it up if you're adding <laughs> yeah, these up if you've got I'm the calculator up. okay yeah that's that fine. Is... i locked in yeah. phoenix at uh, 12.5 since you went 15 and dylan went uh, 10 so now it now we're back even we've gotten 55 percent chance of the championship out of the way between denver milwaukee and phoenix anyone want to nominate the next team before we move on really quickly i did want to mention the coaching change for milwaukee i feel like that's important because as much as Budenholzer is appreciated for winning a championship. That dude was out the door. Like he was gone in yeah. that Brooklyn series. They were like, he sucks. I never want to see Milwaukee again. He's the worst coach ever. Durant steps on the line. They win the title. And then he falls into a few more seasons. Um, I don't think he was that good of a coach. And I, I don't think losing him is that is gonna is gonna hurt if anything, maybe a, something fresh, something new. I, I do want in a way, someone to coach Giannis and be like, hey, man, know those jumpers you take that you miss? Don't ever fucking take that. Like, if, <laughs> if you're not under the basket, don't shoot it. Like, just go dunk on this person and then try to get these 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 jumpers um, much closer. But stop shooting threes. And I know the spacing matters and whatnot, but I do feel like Budenholzer just kind of just like, let's go Giannis and like whatever he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, on those jumpers, every time, I, like you can see the defense when he starts like his 30 minute jump shot everyone just goes like oh okay we could take this possession off and then like yeah if he makes it he makes it but it's such like what the hell are you taking a deep two for bro like it's such a bailout to the defense i hate those possessions it reminds me of the long twos in like the early 2000s that guys would take like their foot is like almost like t- their back of their foot is touching the line but oh. we didn't understand the three-point thing yet. And it's like, I take long twos. What do you mean? Like, this is my shot. It's closer to the basket. I started off this this offseason with being like, I'm going to watch uh, the, the old finals games. I've, I've thus far really failed at doing that. I've only watched two. Um, but this game two of the 90s finals, Bill Lambeer, he's like six for nine from three. But he also hits three. He hits three twos where like the front or the back of his feet are on the lines. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? You could just... Just like two inches back, just just a little bit, and, and those are threes, and no one's looking at it. Well, all right, we've got Denver, Milwaukee, Phoenix. Who wants to nominate the fourth team for contenders? Boston. I'll throw the I'll throw the Lakers out there. All right, I'll, I'll give you cool. the Lakers, Nate. Yes, <laughs> Lakers. We're we're lock stocked. We are reloaded. We have a backup center on the roster, which is something we just we haven't thought was necessary for the last couple of years. The LeBron at center lineups kill me because he has zero rim protection, and it just it's it's the quickest way to give the lead away. <laughs> Got some more defensive depth with some Torian Prince minutes. It's out there. I'm I'm stoked. I think they are on the Milwaukee tier of this, just from an overall depth, and I think they continuity and they found something that works. They found a, a players that fit alongside LeBron and Davis. Do you think last? 
season is reasonable, unreasonable, or like perfectly in the middle in terms of expecting that health from all of your players again. That's my big thing when I think about the Lakers and this postseason run. Let's see, because I I think both LeBron and Davis missed about 20 games. And if I could get 60 games from each of them, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Okay, they were 55 and 56. They missed more like 25. I'll take it. I think that's pretty reasonable. LeBron has been an Iron Man his entire age. I think a 55 to 60 game is more likely. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It's just like if you could grab the exact same health from this season for LeBron and AD and run it back, knowing everything you know about how things on this roster fit around them in terms of like how much you can play certain guys. Uh, I think I don't, it's a sweep in the Nuggets series. It's hard to change that, but I think they probably take a game or two there at the end, especially, I don't know if you agree with this, Nate, but it seemed on like some of those uh, down the stretch of some of those games, LeBron was getting shots because he's LeBron. And then, Austin Reeves would get like a possession where he would just like keep them in the game with the craziest like up and under layup or like step back mm-hmm. three that I've ever seen. And I'm like, why isn't he the ball more for you guys? Oh, yeah. And no, they, they absolutely should have been going to Reeves a lot more. Uh, the one other thing that I just thought of with regular season performance for LeBron and Davis, with the new rule that you have to play 65 games to be all NBA, I think that some of those like rest days for LeBron and Davis or those like, ah, I tweaked my ankle. I'm going to sit these like next three might be, I'm going to sit these next two. Cause like LeBron's been resting in the middle of seasons for a long time. I, I think they will both strive to hit 65. I think that means something to LeBron. So that's going to help regular season wise, but playoffs hundred percent agree with you. Reeves needs to be a bigger part. And I think he will be a bigger part. I think that's, that's what they finally figured out. Clicks. I lost my train of thought. I wasn't even saying anything. And I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> a big thing with Davis is, it's not just the the ankle tweaks and missing a week at a time. It's like in playoff series when he crumples to the ground like a cookie, just falls into pieces, and you're like, I think Anthony Davis just died. He leaves at halftime. He misses the end of the second. He misses the third. He comes out in the fourth, and he's like kind of the same. Like that costs you a game. Yeah. Um, and that's when it's a seven game series. Like that shit is is really tough to handle. And he managed to stay healthy in 2020. But through the last two, a few years, like you can't just be like, yeah, Davis is, is he died. And here he is again. Like those, those back and forth are tough to do when you're trying to, when you're trying to be Denver, trying to be Golden State. Or Dude, something. the thing that killed me in this last postseason was there was that clip. He got like a stinger on his arm or something. And he gets up and he's just like, I can't feel my arm. It's like a war movie or something. He like plays the entire second half. No problem. I was like, dude, what happened? There's a website. Um, I, I forget the name of it, but it's like how many it's it, it is literally like how many times does Anthony Davis fall over? And it's it's just a tracker. It's a guy that watches every Lakers game. <laughs> and you go on after the game and it's like, yeah, he fell over five times this game, like hit the ground. And it's just Dude, I needed that. I needed it's, that because before website. the playoffs. I had made. I asked you guys. Do you think was it minutes Joel Embiid spent on the ground or PJ Tucker points? And I'm oh. not sure which one went on that. But I. But that's a good thing. Like Anthony Davis falls or like I don't know. I couldn't even. D'Angelo Russell stupid turnovers. It's it's just a Davis falls. This website. Man, I need. I I'm gonna reach out to that guy. Like, can you watch Sixers <laughs> games too? I just need to like just have a stopwatch. Can, like, can you get an intern? Just do the 56ers. Are you guys comfortable with yeah. 17.5? You want something uh, more or less for the Lakers? I want, I want less. You want less. All right. 
It's less than the Bucks. Okay. How much That's less? That's what I'm saying. More than Phoenix? Can I get more than Phoenix? It more than Phoenix, less than what do you think, Dylan? Like where are we at? I, th- I think much less than Phoenix. Like Phoenix at least has a, a much higher level of <laughs> yeah, like top end talent. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you were just gonna let us all talk here and then just jump in with the dagger of like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> fuck LA. <laughs> like like you can't win a championship without a top five player. And what what are the chances that Anthony Davis or LeBron are able to consistently play at a top five level? I think much lower than ten percent. Like at least, at least with Phoenix, I know that I'm getting Kevin Durant, and he's you know maybe still the best player in the, you know in the world. Dylan did that shit. The I said maybe. What are the what are the Suns at, Dylan? What are you ever in doubt? I'm I'm willing to go equal. I, we we had Suns at twelve and a half percent. Yeah, I think twelve and a half. Percent, I feel like Lakers right? are like seven and a half percent. It's very similar top heavy teams. Also, yeah. both very dependent on health. Yeah. With guys it was weird how Anthony Davis kind of, like, I don't know. Did he, like, break a finger or something? This Like, because in the postseason, hey, it just seemed shoot. all his, like, even, like, he's, I've never bought into the AD mid-range stuff. Like, that's a shot I will settle for 100 times out of 100 if I'm the defense. But his floater, especially in game one of the Denver series, he gave Jokic, like 25 points off floaters and it disappeared for the rest of the series it was crazy you think he has the collins thing going the john collins issue remember that picture of john collins was like his fingers oh. don't point in the same direction do not like so that it's picture. like oh maybe that, that's probably the issue <laughs> he was um taking some notes pre-game and just like got a cramp in his hand from <laughs> holding the pen for so long and that kind of like lingered with him throughout the entire series and John Collins has like nine fingers on one hand. I mean, he's just this like <laughs> massive, uh, massive ring finger. And yeah, that Davis um, anomaly is similar to like, like in 2016 or Draymond's like the greatest shooter on earth. And he shoots like with a backpack on every season after that. But with Davis, I just don't think that's coming back. And with LeBron not being a great three-point shooter anymore, that spacing is going to be crucial because that's what made the 2020 Lakers so fucking devastating. Yeah, Davis shot like 50% on jump shots. Yeah, yeah, they were insane to watch. Um, they were unstoppable because the spacing was there. But it, as soon as those guys have to take their shots five feet closer, it's like, I'm actually not as worried. That's why they could really use Bull Bull. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say that right as, as Aaron stretched. I was trying to get a laugh and then he's like, nah, I'm just going to stretch this off instead. All right. We'll, we'll, we're locking the Lakers in at 12.5. Dylan, I will not hear worse. We'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> name, um, name me a third player on the Lakers that you trust in a playoff series, apart from, oh, I guess, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. Like, who, who's your fourth? You're going, like, D'Angelo Russell, who was totally unplayable. Max Struess. Do we want to get some get some Rui Max minutes? Struess. I guess Gabe <laughs> Vincent is a good pickup. Yeah. Sorry, not Max. Gabe Vincent, not Max Struess. What do I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Rui, I don't really trust him to repeat what he did this past year. They're in the playoffs. Like, that was insane. Uh, but Vanderbilt, I expect to be better. I think those two will even out. Like, we'll be fine. I mean, I would say, I would say what? Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Rui Hachimura would all be in contention for the Suns' fifth best player. And then Vanderbilt on those nights where, like, the ball is just, like, magnetized into his hands and he's locking down half of the other team all at the same time. He's, I mean, like, obviously you can't get that out of him every night because he's so bad offensively. But I think I think the Lakers down the roster have a lot more talent than the Suns. I really do not like the Suns, like, the bottom of their bench. Yeah. I think this is going to be the year that people finally realize that Torian Prince is a bad defender. 
Like he looks like a guy that's good on defense, and this is going to be the year he that does. people are like, oh, wait he a minute. <laughs> What's going on here? This guy's like six, eight long wingspan, but he's letting guys go past him every time. (laughs) He looks like, and that's true. I think of him as like a three and D guy, but maybe not really. Um, He's mostly a three guy. I do get nervous about these Heat players leaving, like leaving the Heat. And are they gonna are they gonna play well elsewhere? Um, yeah. After we just said that they had this incredibly fluky hot streak and like played way above their talent level, and now like that's your. That's your starting point guard in a playoff series. Hey, we It's like Black Magic. It's sketchy. It's sketchy. It's sketchy, but like, you know, you got him and D'Lo, like one of them may hit. Like, yeah, you take a couple of stabs at it. Like, and, and is that if that's your fifth, sixth guy down at the roster, like, I'll live with it. But if we It's look- very classic uh LeBron, because I can see the arguments like in ten years, nerds online are just like LeBron had Gabe Vincent and he couldn't even get it done. Look at what Jimmy Butler, a true <laughs> leader, was able to like get out of Vincent in the twenty three postseason run. And LeBron just I mean, he lost in the first round with him or something like that. Uh, I'm still just saying, why couldn't he get more out of Larry Hughes? Why why is Booby Gibson <laughs> exactly. the best guy in- <laughs> Ricky Davis? Yeah. They couldn't even win a Ricky Davis. Yeah. Couldn't Who resuscitate can I nominate? Ben Wallace. Runs Carlos yeah, Boozer out of town. Aaron, who do you want to nominate? <laughs> I got a spicy nomination, and I it's it's an interesting one, a team with a lot of turmoil last year. Can we talk about the Memphis Grizzlies? Don't laugh at me, because Nate's making the face like he's about to laugh at me. I wrote down the contenders I expected to talk about. They were not on my list of and contenders. You, they weren't on the they list. They were in my all teams was, category. I was befuddled. I was befuddled by that. I felt like of teams just thinking about, all right, we're playing Denver. They have the inside presence with Jackson Jr. and Adams. They have a nice defensive guard. What's left of him and Marcus Smart for someone like Jamal Murray? But if John Moran cannot be a fucking moron for 10 seconds and, and stay on the court, he's such a dynamic player that no one can stay in front. Just thinking about how that's going to affect Jokic trying to defend the rim over someone who's like trying to jump over him. Like that Vince Carter dunk in the in the Olympics all those years ago. Remember what I'm talking about? Like jumping over that French dude. Like that's what Ja has in mind every fucking time he touches the basketball. Like I'm going at this. And that scares me. I think they also have the Desmond Bain for the spacing. And that's some three-point shooting that Phoenix really doesn't have. I like Memphis, especially in that Denver matchup specific. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know. Like when I think about Memphis, I think the thing Denver theoretically could struggle with a lot is... Not just Jaws finishing at the rim, but also trying to help with that. And then Jaw is such a spectacular, like, drive and kick guy, just in terms of, like, finding the open man out on the three point line and, like, recovering to that without, like, the go to guy that Denver would throw in a rotation at that point would have been Bruce Brown. I guess it would be Christian Brown now, but I, I don't know if I like him as much in that situation. I, I think they would struggle a lot with that. Um, it's so I don't know. Memphis is weird. I think they're really well built to give Denver a hard series, but at the same time, if they ran into Phoenix, I I don't like Marcus Smart in terms of staying with somebody who's like quick. I I think he'd be an okay guy to throw at like maybe Kevin Durant, but throwing him at Bradley Beal or Devin Booker at this stage in his career is just asking for trouble. And I think Phoenix would probably take care of them pretty quickly. I appreciate the pushback. I did want to throw in Luke Kennard for more spacing. They have these these great three points. Luke Kennard. I love him, dude. He rocks. I'm I'm out. I mean, I, like, what are we talking? 2% chance? Because they're also just oh, yeah. inexperienced. I was thinking like three and a half. 
<laughs> yeah, the experience is an issue. And then also the second Ja Morant goes down or like is hindered in any way, like an ankle tweak, the entire like their whole team changes. It's really hard. It does remind me of the sorry, Dylan. Um, it does remind me of the the pre Derrick Rose ACL thing. We're like, why did Derrick Rose get hurt? And you watch him, and you're like, holy shit! Like that guy is <laughs> driving like he doesn't even care for his knees. And Jaw is like jumping and landing like he's made of titanium. And eventually, when he like because he had a really hard fall, I mean, against Los Angeles. And if that comes down and it's worse, like he's never jumping. Like, go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the inexperience being a, a hindrance to a deep playoff run for them. Well, how about just, like, continuity? Like, John Moran's missing the first, what? what is it, 20 games? 25. I thought it was 35. Is Damn, it, no is one it knows. Three <laughs> <or 25? laughs> uh, it's, it's NBA experts, <laughs> somewhere between 20 and 35 games. Um, so, and then, like, players don't come back from missing 20 to 35 games and um you know just like pick up in in mid-season form like that dude's gonna be fucking rusty yeah. and so like 25. you're on such a such a back foot right away and then you've got to try to like work through that after your team's already built continuity and like built a you know an identity and then you've got to reshape that halfway through the season like i think that's a difficult thing to do as well and the bottom that's of the they, West brought is gonna... <laughs> they brought in derrick rose they brought in derrick rose the same thing <laughs> Yeah, you just plug plug and play. I don't know. The bottom of the West, like if if Memphis were to fall into a bit of a seeding hole through these first 20 or 35 games, jury's still out. Uh, the like the West has like 11 teams when you really get down to it where you're like, am I completely comfortable saying they're not going to make the playoffs? Like I get that the Mavericks stunk last season, but like Luca and Kyrie, I have faith that they'll figure it out to some extent. Like, I don't know. You just go through it. And you're like, you don't really want to be, you don't want to have Ja coming back, taking Marcus Smart shots away. You're trying to figure out who does what offensively all while you're trying to stay above that six seed. And even if they do get that six seed, if they still get like, um, if they don't get home court in a first round matchup, I don't love it very much for them at all. It's six seed would be a miracle. I, I mean, they're jawless for the first 25 games. Like we're they talking play fine with Ja. They played fine without Jaw two seasons ago. This last year, they were like about five hundred without Jaw, and that was with Matthias Jones, who's who's no longer there. And he rocks. I do want to note. I do want to note it was twenty five games. I did look it up. Twenty five games. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think two percent might be generous. Can we do three? Can we do two point five? Two point seven. I'm doing two point five because now we're up to seventy yeah. percent, and we still have not discussed Boston, the Warriors. Philly, Miami, Clippers. Sacramento. Holy shit. That is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Right? <laughs> maybe maybe we have to reshape this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We might have to go 130% or something like that. <laughs> See, last year we decided to do like a wins thing. And I was like, cool, but we have to keep it within uh, 1,000, like 200 something wins. Because like that's how many wins there can be in the season. And I was like, oh man, this gets a lot harder. <laughs> Cause just you have everyone's to good. Players. Everyone's everyone's winning sixty seven games next. Yeah, you get to the point of the off season where you're like, every move was good. All of their young players get better. They're gonna take a huge leap, and then when you write it down, you're like, someone has to lose. Someone has to get beat. I saw some prediction on some account. It was, it was I like the account, but they said the Pistons will win like thirty five games. I'm like, the Pistons win thirty games. I said I'd buy a Pistons ticket. Like it's like someone <laughs> has to. Someone has to beat the bad teams. Like someone's got to be at the bottom just because you like the young core 
doesn't mean you're getting better necessarily. Yeah. All right, Boston. We we gotta talk Boston. They bring in and Kristaps Porzingis. They move out of Marcus Smart. The whole team has a different vibe. They went from a three point guard rotation to a three bigs with KP. Yeah. Uh, Robert Williams and Al Horford. Do we like this? Do we think that they're uh, the Milwaukee tier? Are they the Phoenix LA tier? Are they somewhere below that? Yeah, I messed up. Uh, I I mentioned the Lakers because they popped into my mind. If I had written this down ahead of time, my tiers would have been probably like Denver, Milwaukee, maybe a bit of a gap, and then Boston. But I probably would have had those three chunked together. I I like Boston a lot. I think... um, I think the season that Jason Tatum plays like an entire playoff series without having two games where he shoots like 24% from the field, that's going to like revolutionize what Boston can do as a basketball team. It feels like every playoff series, they have a couple of those games that they just like barely survive until they run into a Miami team that they can't do that against anymore. And I don't know, maybe I'm being too hard on him, but I hope he figures it out 110% this season. I did like the Kristaps move quite a bit, just in terms of it's a different look offensively, because Kristaps, he can score and shoot threes from really far away. I mean, if I remember correctly, he's been one of the... It's like him and Steph take the longest threes. <laughs> he's like way there. Hey, and, 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 and Suns superstar Eric Gordon. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I want to re-say that point and drop the F-bomb so my grandma doesn't get mad at me. If he doesn't stay healthy, it's a disaster, but I felt like it come playoff time, Boston ran into these these stretches where the threes weren't hitting, and it's like, all right, Tatum, like, go do something, and that's what gets you the 24% games and hit these crazy ISOs, and he's exhausted towards the end of these games. Nate's going to do a beauty editing that to spice the long fingers together. It's going <laughs> to perfectly. I don't want to get an angry text from my poor grandmother. Then we have to move Dylan's, you know, little, little <laughs> yeah. excerpt around. I'm just cutting your workout for, for you. <laughs> I don't want to get that text. Why do you Why do you square so much on your podcast? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, like Miami had an insanely hot shooting series. I went and pulled it up, and they're shooting 43.4% as a team on 200 threes is over that that seven-game series. Like, that, that's just a ton of threes to be jacking up and hitting that high of a, a percentage at. And it's it still went seven. Um, I, feel like they, I feel like they've introduced so many new variables that I feel like their percentage is both higher and lower. Like, like this, the floor is now so much lower in my mind. But the ceiling's equally high. Because Porzingis, you guys mentioned he gives them that three-point stretch. He also gives them a post-touching like touching stretch. Like, they, they haven't had a post player to, to mess around with for a while. So, I don't know. Do you, do you guys want to put them in at 15 and drop Phoenix and LA down to 10%? What do we have Milwaukee at? 17.5? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd say that's a that's a that's a good enough gap between those two. Yeah. I might even go now that we've already locked it in again, I might even go <laughs> a little bit lower. Just like I feel like there's so much combustibility on this team in terms of health. Like Christos Pozingas has had like one healthy season in his career and now the Celtics are all in on him. Like the Clippers wouldn't take Malcolm Brogdon for Marcus Morris because his you know, his back or whatever was so messed up. Like and then the a real lack of deep bench players. Rob Williams is never healthy as well. Al Horford, like the the 
trajectory of players' careers is always that you don't see it coming and then all of a sudden there's a massive drop off, especially for big men. And like Al Hoff is getting fucking old. Sorry, Grandma. Al Hoff is getting yeah. old. Like <laughs> Al Hoff is old as shit. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Like, like that's a lot of variables that can go wrong. And if like two of those things happen, then, you know, like it gets pretty rough. That was an insane indictment of Malcolm Brogdon that the Clippers wouldn't get rid of Marcus Morris for him. I thought they'd be stoked, like, dude, someone's taking Marcus Morris. Like, like, don't hang up the phone. Like, so this is <laughs> happening. And to, to, to hear that coming back because of that health issue is kind of crazy. Especially for the Clippers, who only play hurt players. The Clippers, what's with the Clippers and carry injuries now? <laughs> I feel like th- that trade originally makes so much more sense. And, like, the Boston getting Tyus Jones for Marcus Smart. And then it, it just, it would have made so much more sense before everything fell apart. But that's what happens when you scramble. So I, I agree with you, Dylan. Let's bump them down to 12.5. We got Phoenix and LA at 10. Let the Lakers fan handle the percentages on the Celtics. <laughs> this is, Let's bump them down to about four I did not, and a half. I did not agree to that. Hey, hey. Listen, if, if they're at 12.5, uh, we're at 77.5% overall. We still have the Warriors, the Heat, the, the 76ers. You can put the heat down as zero. There you go. Yeah. Put that one down. Pre-Dame below, trade. Pre-Dame below trade. Memphis? Before the heat, before the, before, without Dame, yeah. Okay. That heat runs not happening again. I just, I can't see it. There's no way 30, 37-year-old Kyle Lowry, maybe. 38-year-old Kyle Lowry, <laughs> no way. No, not happening. Man. You know, fool me once. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. If we're going to. I mean, you can't just keep pulling undrafted shooters. Like, you can't just keep, or like, farming <laughs> It's not possible. They can't it, keep getting away with this. They keep doing it, and then the guys go to shit as soon as they leave. Sorry, Grandma Chairs. We're, you know. <laughs> it's just like Eric, just tell your grandma not to listen to this one. <laughs> Maybe I might just tell her to avoid this one. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I don't. I at one point, at some point, at some point, you have to be good enough to make the play. And I'm worried about Miami because they barely were last season. My, my favorite part of last season was when I predicted the Heat were going to lose to the Raptors and then to the Bulls, and they lost to the Raptors. Or no, sorry, they lost to the Hawks. And I was like, I was right. The Heat are dead. They're going to lose to Chicago. And then with like five minutes left in that Bulls game, they were down to Chicago. And I'm like, I am the smartest basketball TikToker on earth. Like no one else predicted this. And then they won, and they went to the finals, and uh, it was all gone. <laughs> yeah, they won that play-in game, uh, and then I looked ahead, and I was like, huh, they they might snag the Knicks in the second round. Mm-hmm. This is the most Miami Heat run like I could possibly – yeah, of course they get the Julius Randle Knicks. Yeah, lock this in as a finals berth. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I don't know. It's – if if it happens, it happens. Anything's possible, but yeah, like Kyle Lowry is old as shit. The offense stink again. I mean, Jimmy Butler like really invented for the kind of player he's shown himself to be throughout his NBA career. So yeah, I don't. I guess if we have Memphis at three percent, put the Heat there at three percent. That's my vote. But uh, to be honest, everybody outside we've already talked about is probably gonna get like decimal points from me. Can we discuss? If the Dame trade comes in, what kind of percentage would that look like? Because at this point, we're just, this is a stalemate. Like they, This trade's going to happen. When is it going to happen? What are the deals going to be? That memo came out saying, stop doing that. At least stop <laughs> pretending to do this, but they're still probably going to do it. Just not be as mad about it. Yeah, I loved that. I love that report where it was like, uh, for months, it's just been Dame. I'm only playing for the Heat. I'm only playing for the Heat. The NBA is like, buddy, 
And he's just like, I'll play for anyone. I don't know why you guys are acting like I'm crazy or something. It's just my age. If Dame goes on everyone. <laughs> if the package looks like, I don't know, like Tyler Hero, the Martin twin, uh, Jaime Hawkes, and a bunch of bullshit. Sorry, Grandma. Um, then, I don't know. I would bump them into the Boston tier. Uh, probably, probably... Ugh. When I think about it, I'm like, Boston has the continuity advantage and they're younger but have a ton of playoff experience. But at the same time, I'm like, Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler, that's two true hoopers right there. That's two tough bucket getters. And so bam. if you match up <laughs> And bam. I mean, I love Bam Adebayo. I think he's nice. But uh, in terms of like guys that terrify me in a playoff series, I'll let Bam Adebayo average 35. That offense is going to stink. So yeah. I don't know. But I, I would have them – with Dame, without gut roster, into the Boston tier. So probably around 15-ish percent, whatever we had them at. All right, all right. So I, I say what we do right now is we put them at 5% just because they, they don't have Dame, but they, they're likely to get Dame, and then I don't have to do as much math rework. <laughs> hey, you're the calculator. You do what you want to do, you know? We're at 82.5%. Warriors? Anyone Anyone vibing with the Warriors having a shot here? Who's left? We have 18% to divvy up, divvy up with who? Uh, what, Golden State, Philadelphia, and who else? You got to give like 20% to the Clippers as well, so that's already... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the match's already broken. Can we do a percentage on the Sixers making a conference finals? We set that at like fifteen percent or something. Um, I mean, I think they, uh, I think they put 18%. it at eight million dollars or whatever the the Paul Reed contract is. <laughs> Damn, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Sneaky Ainge, classic. Just the best offer. Don't. I'm so glad you told me about that because I, I was just like, I, it's, it's Paul Reed. I don't care about whatever this deal is. And you're like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta see this. It's important. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I got to catch like a live reaction on video of, of you just like losing your mind at how beautiful their contract was. It's just, why are all, why isn't everyone doing that to contenders? Like from now on, that's how whenever you try to steal someone, you're going to put that in there or like, you know. They, they were waiting for the new CBA to get locked in so that they couldn't take it out of the CBA. But now, now we're locked <laughs> in for, for, you know, however many more years. It's now they keep doing this bullshit. Come on, they... They got to at least be a Philly's got to at least be on the the Memphis, probably higher than Memphis. It's like I like Memphis. I don't like Philly that much. <laughs> Philadelphia is in the midst of this Harden disaster, and that's a Memphis bigger problem in the midst to me. Of a disaster. <laughs> but he's just coming back. He's just going to be back, and they're going to play basketball. Harden's going to be gone for who knows what. I feel like Memphis can surprise us. I feel like Philadelphia probably will not. Um, what is, what's like, are they gonna, are they getting Paul George back for James Harden? That feels super unrealistic with a year left on his contract. Like it feels like if Harden goes to the Clippers that, I mean, I've said since the news of the trade demand dropped that Embiid's asking out at that point and that I stand by that. Like the team is going to be, I love Tyrese Maxey. Tobias Harris was underrated at one point, but I, I just don't think there's any fixing the roster if you lose James Harden for the Norm Powell trade package. I was really big on trying to ship him to to the Knicks, but I, the Knicks won't touch Harden with a ten foot pole because as soon as Harden's gone and beat asks for a trade, I think that actually is scaring away a lot of teams of like, well, fuck, we're not going to trade for James Harden because. We want, to, we want to keep assets for Embiid, and Embiid's not going to want to play with Harden again, so like we're not going to do that. 
I just can't imagine something good happening to the Sixers. If I close my eyes and imagine like Joel Embiid holding a championship trophy, I black out and wake up in the woods a week later. Like I just I can't imagine these events happening to get to a championship. Yeah, it's just insane. The like when Harden demanded a trade, I was like, "Whoa, that's." Like, I, I don't really think that's going to work out super well for him, just given, like, everything he's had in the postseason and health and age and all that. And then I looked at it, I was like, you are a f- unrestricted free agent next season, and you're expecting somebody to, like, give up considerable assets to rescue you from Philadelphia. You're out of your mind, pal. I don't know. Well, or may- maybe he's not expecting that. He's not expecting a big trade package to come back. It's like the reverse Carmelo Anthony Denver trade, where he's like, "Yo, you you, you got to trade me, even though I could just go sign with them in free agency." And then like they gut the roster, and he gets to New York, and there's like he's got no teammates. It's like the opposite of that for James Harden. He's like, "Yeah, you got to trade me, and you're doing it for Norm Powell and Nick Batum." <laughs> All right, fine. I, I I listen to you guys. I hear you. I I have the math, but. We'll put them down as a 1% chance. Fair? God, it's so... Yes, that is fair, but I just want to, like... Embiid should be better than this in the postseason. He should. When I hear... When I hear Philadelphia 1% chance, I'm like, well, that's, they have one of the best players on the planet. Come on. What are you talking about? And he was really good defensively, but just like, I don't know, hit me with a car sometimes when I think about Joel Embiid. It is so frustrating. We're going to end up, we're gonna, we're gonna end up bumping back up Boston. I hate this. I hate all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. You can't, you can't hold off. You can't hold off. Did- did we give the Warriors a percentage? We've not, and I think we should. I think, I think we kind of talked around them, right? Yeah. I think the Warriors are good. I I think Chris Paul coming off the bench, and he will come off the bench. I don't care what he's saying about wanting to start. You're not, you're not benching Looney or Wiggins for him, Draymond. I mean, maybe you bench Clay. Is that, that the move that Clay would come off? But no. But I, they have six players that I trust in the playoffs between that starting five and Chris Paul, and, and they're good. They're one of the best starting lineups. I don't yeah, know. Like, it's I, just, I, you go, Dylan. You go. <laughs> like I was saying all last season, like I never gave up on the Warriors. They were like my championship pick all all through the, you know, all through the entire season. Just because when their five guys play, like they're really fucking good. And I feel like they got better. Like the bench is looking better. You know, another year for Kaminga or Moody. Like surely one of them becomes a rotation player. Um, and they got like Chris Paul to just like keep things going when they don't have all their starters playing. Um, I kind of wonder whether like this is my um, tinfoil hat theory is that the reason that the Warriors gave Draymond all that money when they probably shouldn't have is that he agreed to to be the sixth man, Andre Iguodala style. Because the Warriors are at their best when Draymond is playing with the bench. That's what unlocked them last season and made them actually a good team. Is They absolutely fell off every time he took Steph off because he was tied to Draymond. And then instead, they went Draymond with the bench, and then they were competent both ways. Um, and you don't want Chris Paul playing without a traditional center because like he can't do anything in isolation. Like He needs a pick-and-roll partner. And Looney's probably like the best rim runner at this point. And so I think Chris Paul is a better fit with the starters. And then you get Draymond to run the bench. That's my tinfoil theory. I like it. I like it. The Warriors do still scare me just in terms of the top talent. Steph is unstoppable. I, I do. I am worried about, I'm a little bit worried about like Clay Thompson and his streakiness and his, he has to take all these shots and he, he's never coming off the bench. Like he just has that kind of ego to him in a sense. And yeah, he's got to scale it down a little bit. 
That man bit. got Kevin Durant as a teammate, and he shot just as many shots as as before. Him. <laughs> so <laughs> so my role like, I ain't sacrificing <laughs> shit. <laughs> so you're gonna have that, and I think Chris Paul and Draymond are gonna be awesome. But those guys just do what it takes to win, and I, they're better than last year. I like it better. I like Chris Paul more. I like Jordan Poole. I'd say like 10, 12 percent. Yeah, I, I was gonna have them pretty firmly below Boston, but then pretty firmly above everyone. Like we just touched on in terms of like Miami or Philadelphia or stuff like that. Steph is so good. As yeah, the Kings just learned and everything. He's still spectacular, but it's just like uh. I don't know. I worry about, I think when the chips are down in the closing minutes of a playoff game, it's still going to be this thing where it's like any kind of hammered out throughout the course of the season. But just in terms of like another kind of dynamic off shot creator, it will just be difficult for them to put anything like that around stuff. I, I think missing Wiggins I and mean, Wiggins played 37 games last year. Him being back, hopefully no more family situation because it's not like an injury took him out. I think that's going to help a lot. Um, all right, so let's lock in a percentage for them. You were saying below Boston, but how do we feel below Boston, above LA and Phoenix, below Boston, below LA and Phoenix? What are LA and Phoenix at? Ten. And how much do we have to like give around for the rest? We of the got team? wiggle room. We we got okay. some wiggle room. We got like eight. I like them less than LA and Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably like eight. I'd be comfortable with personally. Eight sounds good. I'm going to go eight and a half just because uh, we, we're at 83.5. We love round 5. numbers. We love round numbers. <laughs> just, I, I want to get us back to a round number. Now we're at 92% with, uh, okay. with just the Clippers to go. So uh, they're going to be our last 8%, right? Perfect. That's what happens when you force first Philly at one. Oh, I mean, I, I would probably disperse that a little bit more throughout everyone else. I don't know. Respect to Dylan and respect to Kawhi Leonard. I love Kawhi Leonard. I do not see that man playing in 16 playoff wins for the rest of his days. I don't think it's happening. And that's if he rests in every single loss they have in a postseason. It's just, uh, it's a sad reality. But, I mean, that man, maybe they'll get hardened and he can, like, carry them. I think if you give Kawhi the two games that Harden essentially much. That is advanced load management. It's not just managing when the guys play on back-to-backs. It's like, all right, Harden's going to suck ass in game six, and then <laughs> Kawhi's going to – Kawhi will play on game five and seven. And it's like, all right, like we gotta, we'll got to we balance all this out. We'll be at full strength for four games. Dylan, you're the Clippers guy. I'm looking to you for a, for a reason to give him a higher number. <laughs> I mean, like, they were better than half these teams that we've talked about. Well, not half the teams that we've talked about, but half of the contenders, you know, they were better than the Warriors and the Lakers last season in the regular season, despite having, you know, their typical injury issues. Kawhi, I think, showed that when he's healthy and when he's locked in, he can still be like the best guy in a playoff series on both ends of the floor. And Paul George is like one of the most underrated superstars in the NBA. You add in, you know, just like that overall team construct that we've seen succeed for them before of that five-out play. Uh, I think the biggest issue for them other than just the fact that Kawhi and Paul George are never you know healthy throughout an entire playoff run like this could be the year this could, <laughs> this could be the one um, I think the biggest <laughs> issue for them is that they match up really badly against Denver yeah and yeah. like you you got to drop down their percentage quite a lot because like it's really hard to get out of the west without going through Denver yeah although I do feel like they match up really well against Phoenix um so like it, you know if they can draw that match up or Golden State, they, they've got some matchups that they they match up well against. 
How about like five percent? I think they have to have the high end talent to to warrant some consideration. Okay. Yeah, I can do five percent. I like Give the, the rest 5%. Of Boston. <laughs> If we bump Boston back yeah. up to 15. Can we give like we one do- and a half percent to the Cavs? No. Over the Sixers? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't buy the I mean, season and versus a team like the Knicks, like it's only going to get harder to win series like that. As our math currently stands, Denver at 25, Milwaukee 17.5. If we bump Boston back up to 15, Phoenix and LA both at 10. Warriors at 8.5, Clippers at 5, Miami at 5, Memphis at 2.5, Philly at 1. We are at 99.5%, so we can leave that 0.5 for everyone else in the league. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I like my chances. (laughs) The Kings get to share that 0.5 with the Cavs and the Knicks. and Everyone else. And the the Mavs. (laughs) Yeah. I thought about the Mavs just a little bit. Just they have the most... They have Luca. They have the best player we haven't talked about once, usually in title contention. Who are the best guys in the league? And not even one time do we discuss Luka Doncic, who's been yeah. one of the Su- five surpri- best guys in the league for a while. Surprisingly, signing a guy whose like only skill was signing dudes to shoe contracts didn't lend itself to good roster construction. Yeah, tragic. I def- I defended that Kyrie trade. It wasn't that bad. I don't. I thought that my perspective was I was making videos saying the Mavs have literally no assets and there's nothing left. You'll never get anything else. I didn't think they could ever get someone like Kyrie, who is an asset, is a good player, has value, and so I thought that was cool. But um, and I'm a big Grant Williams fan. I like I like that. Oh yeah, I do love that. yeah Seth Curry too. Like they they've got a few players now. Oh, Seth's been have, a little bit washed. They for... don't have a center though, dude. You know, a center. They don't have a center to play. You, you don't believe in the Rashawn Holmes bounce back? Rashawn Holmes career year. It's coming. <laughs> Even if it was like prime Rashawn Holmes, I mean it's. That's not good enough. Um, and then the rest is is lively. And Derek Lively's 20. He's 19. He's not yeah. going to be good this year. And you have to win right now. I forget the other center they have. Is it JaVale McGee? Powell. Oh, no. Yeah, Powell. it's Powell. I like, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine the Mavs winning a title? And it's like, and starting at five, Dwight Powell. No, I cannot. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's, that's the contenders here, folks. Jack, where can the people find you? They can find me. Jokic Joestar on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok. I'm active on all three. Not Snapchat. Aaron, where can the people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok. Dylan, where can the people find you? Um, Playing back that one video of Jax where he's like posing with his girlfriend and you get to see his sexy thighs. I got a lot Mm. of thigh comments on that video. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in the Yeah, half of them were me and my burners. (laughs) Hell yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you can find me here at Hoop Stumble Pod on TikTok. Love to hear from you guys. What's up, guys? That was great. Yeah.